I'm on a heater. That's why you see me in my leather jacket, but I'm also wearing a Dodgers hat because it's Dodgers week on the Just Baseball Show. Welcome to it. I'm Peter Apple. That's Arm Layton, of course. So there was a fire in New York City today and right outside my window as we're speaking, there are currently fire trucks. So if you hear any sirens, um, that's what it's from. But you were also, you had a little present on your front door, didn't you? Uh, now your head for all those watching on YouTube, his head, you know, leans back and he's just not happy with New York City right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just forgot about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be distracted by baseball and my friend Peter. And that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So rat front and center, bro. Like I'm 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 on the second floor of my apartment building. I'm used to seeing rats, but it's another thing when you're walking up the stairs. And right outside my door at the like top of the stairs, I'm walking up and it's just sitting there and it panics and runs towards me. So then I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm picturing this thing like running up my pant leg or something like that, where, which is actually my worst Ugh. nightmare. So I'm like jumping around, dude. Like I was just like jumping around, running all over the place. I wish someone could have saw my reaction and it like, he was trying to run away from me, but I was trying to run away from it. And we were running in the same direction and I like almost stepped on it. It was horrible. And, you know, like I'd seen them outside all the time, but this was the first time, I guess, because of the cold, I saw one, you know, right in our building. And that kind of just opens up a whole new world. Like now I know this is possible. And I watched it run away and squeeze right under the front door of our building. And I was like, oh, no, it's that easy. So now I'm like super paranoid, super, super paranoid. It's just kind of gross. It's New York City filled with them. And that's one of the downsides of New York City. It's absolutely one of the downsides. And is there a fire outside? And we hope everybody's okay, of course. But, you know, there's some downsides. To yeah, City. Sirens, have a lot are, sirens are often, uh, early and often. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully everything's okay with that. But 99% of the time, it's like nothing. That's the thing, too. I know there was a very tragic fire in the Bronx recently, which was, which was horrible. But horrible. most of the time, I feel like the sirens are, are just, like, responding to something so not a big deal. And then... It's, it's every morning. I hope it's, that they're it, not bad things. If it is, it's, it's terrifying. I agree. You never have any idea because you just hear it every single second just flying through the streets, whether there's a siren. I don't know where it's going. We have no idea. But what we do know is that we're playing general manager with the Los Angeles Dodgers today. We're going through some free agency moves. Arms got some trades on on track. You know, this is a team that when I was speaking with our friend Dustin, um, who's a big Dodger guy, infielder Oral Roberts, he says this team has some more problems than maybe we all think on the surface. Trouble and I in totally paradise. agree. Trouble uh, in paradise. Yeah, there's a slightly trouble in paradise. For starters, yeah, this team won 106 games and was the perennial World Series favorite going into it before eventually losing to those Atlanta Braves who ended up winning the whole damn thing. Now, they won 106 games, like I said. This is a team that consistently year over year makes the big move. They traded for Max Scherzer. They traded for Trey Turner at the deadline. But Corey Seager is no longer a Dodger. Their 2020 World Series MVP is a Texas Ranger for 10 years, $325 million. And their ace, I mean, they got plenty of aces in Walker Bueller and Julio Arias. But Max Scherzer is a Met. Another guy, Dustin May, a big starter. You know, 6'6", six, six, lanky redhead who throws a 100-mile-an-hour turbo sinker. He's not due to come back until the middle of the year. Max Muncy, another one of their star players, primarily a first baseman, but can play second base, can play the outfield, can kind of do whatever you want. Swiss Army Knife type. And mashes. He's looking like he'll be able to play and the opening day for 2022. They re-signed Chris Taylor. Um, by the way, I had a pretty good guess on that on our TikTok four years um, I think I was, I guess, around 64 million. He signed for four years, 68 with an option. 
or something yeah. in that realm. Yeah, pretty solid. Pretty but, solid. And and honestly, I, we were we were surprised though that he stuck with the Dodgers, right? I mean, I, I wasn't really expect I thought I thought he'd kind of have that desire to go be the dude somewhere else. I agree. But that, I think that, he's gonna be more of the dude now. I, I think that was we kind of the promise. That's what we were talking about because we thought that someone would just overpay for Chris Taylor because he is a star in this league. While on the Dodgers, he was used more as a Swiss army knife. Does he want a position on another team where he can get, you know, a little bit more of the limelight, but he's still in LA. He's going to sign. I really do think that, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but is he going to be the starting left fielder? Is he going to be the starting second baseman? What do you do with Gavin Lux? There's a lot of questions to be answered here. This is not the typical Dodgers team that we think is just going to fly into the postseason with nobody opposed to them. Yeah. You know, it's, what's interesting though, is like, they're still unbelievably good as we know, I, but also remember Clayton Kershaw up until he was dealing with some, some issues with his arm at the end of the season was really good last year. You know, he was a really big part of their team as well up until, you know, him going down. So that's a big loss too. Even if he's not prime Clayton Kershaw, if they don't bring him back, which it seems like, the writing is on the wall for him to potentially go elsewhere. I mean, that's a, that's a big arm to lose too, for a lot of reasons from a leadership standpoint, but also just from what he was able to do contribution wise for them last year. I think he was really solid and had a really good bounce back overall. AJ Pollock, he's 34 years old. Yes. He was good last year, but at what point does he start to slow down a little bit? You know, that's something that I think is worth considering. He, he had probably the best year of his career last year. So that is encouraging. But he only had 422 plate appearances. They managed his workload a little bit. Yeah. Let's see what happens with him, too. There's a lot of questions. And I think it's important to say, like, we're not questioning whether the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. We're questioning whether the Dodgers can be you know, what they were last year because they want to be better than that, right? They want to be better than that. And right now, there's no reason to believe that they would be better than they were last year. And I think that's the most important thing. I think there's more reason to believe that they might take a small step back until they maybe address it, which they have more time to do. And that's kind of what we're here to do. Exactly. And similar to when we spoke about the Cardinals, we're holding the Dodgers to a very high standard. Exactly. Like, for example, when we were talking about maybe some lower level teams, like possibly the Twins, not calling the Twins just some low level organization. But I think just we have different expectations per that team and the Dodgers we're going to compare you guys like you should be number one in the power rankings exactly. going into 2022. But right now there are just some questions to be answered. And I think maybe this isn't the number one question, but Cody Bellinger had one of the worst years of his life. Yeah. He was dealing with a right shoulder. He was dealing with a leg injury. This is a guy who looked better in the playoffs. And I think a lot of people are encouraged by what they saw. And then, you know, he's going to get healthier and he's going to be good again in 2022. But the only question is how good, because yeah. this should be the starting center fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. When you look at Cody Bellinger, what did you see? What do you project for this guy? Cause he's impossible to project right now. It, it's so hard, man. And you know, I, it's funny because unrelated to Cody Bellinger, I was talking to a few different minor league guys, uh, a few that I played with in high school, a few that, you know, friends of a friend and whatever about this specific labrum injury. And a lot of them said, you know, you would think that it's like if it's your top hand, the hand that does most of the work in terms of, of really pushing for power, that yeah. you'd, you'd be more worried about that arm. But a lot of them said, hey, like, yeah, I actually had this injury or I know someone that had this injury with their lead shoulder, or their swing and how much it really just it obstructs your ability to get to that desired spot and that desired path. And I think about Bellinger, a guy who needs fluidity as much as anybody in his swing, right? I mean, like that guy oh, yeah. needs as much loose and just mobility in his swing as anybody. And I really think that injury, I'm not making a total excuse for him. I think there were some approach issues, but that kind of happens when you feel like you don't have your swing, right? I think he's going to bounce back next year. I'm not saying he's going to be MVP, but I thought we saw some really good things in the postseason that were really encouraging. And, you know, this is a guy that I, I believe has the, the mental to be able to work through that, to do what he did in the postseason after such a terrible, terrible year. Like you said, I, I'm a believer. And it's not like he was striking out 40% of the time. I mean, he struck out a lot more and that was still below the 30% mark. And yeah, I think he's going to figure it out. I think he's going to be all right. And I think having a full year to get right is, is going to help him. But dude, I mean, 
he's the X factor, I think, for this team. I think on the, on the offensive side, at least, I mean, this is your X factor. This is a guy that was an MVP that was a negative war player last year. You know, like what, what is he going to be here this year? Anything in between that, I think you take. I agree. I think what we should expect from Cody Bellinger, I don't think that we're going to get MVP Bellinger ever again, but that's okay because MVP Bellinger was freaking unbelievable. He was almost eight F4. <laughs> he was almost eight F4. Like it's okay if we never get peak MVP Bellinger again, because peak MVP Bellinger is the best player in the league. Can he be a top 10 outfielder in baseball on talent wise? Absolutely. Could we see 35 home runs next year and a 280 batting average? I think we easily could see with that. Plus D with plus with, D too. Oh dude. He's a, that's the most underrated the part about Cody thing. Bellinger. Even when he's not hitting, he's still a phenomenal center fielder. I mean, he's really just a phenomenal athlete. You could put him at first base and he'd still be a great defender over there. You can kind of play him wherever. I wish you're classic stuff. Your classic first base slash center fielder. Just, yeah, it just doesn't happen. The guys are, <laughs> just aren't that athletic. And and just to talk about the outfield, because we, we mentioned A.J. Pollock, I don't think we really need to move around the outfield that much. I mean, we were talking about the Cardinals. We kind of had that, um, you know, with, with Bader, Carlson, and O'Neal. That's kind of set in stone. I feel like we have Mookie in right, Belly in center, and a combination of Chris Taylor and AJ exactly. Pollock. And that just kind of, that's done. That's it. That's, that's, that's the beautiful is. thing, right? Dude is like your second baseman is also your fourth outfielder. Exactly. Who can play all three spots. Well, like that they're so set in that regard. That's like dream flexibility in terms of, of player, you know, being able to mix and match there. So I think they can give Pollock the days off he needs uh, and they can, you know, put Chris Taylor all over the map, but I, I think we're going to see him at second base and that's where the Gavin Lux question comes in, right? Does Lux only play the days Pollock is off? I mean, at that point you might as well trade him, right? Uh, but at the same time, if Justin Turner goes down with an injury, then you're going to be kicking yourself for potentially trading him. So you're in an interesting spot here if you're the Dodgers, because you have a ton of prospects you could trade from, or do you trade from your 24-year-old, you know, former top prospect who hasn't quite put it together? We're going to get to the pitching, but I feel like we should just stay on 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 course with with the offense real quick because I know you and I Let's. talked about it before. What do we think is going to happen with Gavin Lux? Ultimately, I think both of us don't really know. We don't have a strong opinion one way or another, but I think it's fair to say that he's probably not that top four. He was the number two prospect in baseball by a lot of a lot of different rankings. I don't know if he's quite that guy. I agree with you. I don't think he's quite that guy, but I still think he can be solid. Yeah. And the the way I've kind of thought about the Gavin Lux situation is I agree. I don't think they're going to trade him right now because if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, you're Andrew Friedman, one of the smartest GMs in baseball, one of the smartest general managers in all of sports. I don't think that you trade Gavin Lux right now at the lowest value that he's at, right? He hasn't performed it really in the playoffs. He had a 91 WRC plus last year, followed by an 86 WRC plus the year before. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried about WRC plus, just in hindsight, he's just not that good of a player. Like if you aren't really sure what WRC plus is, basically what a 91 WRC plus is, is 9% below average. And that's like really at his best, like that was his best offensive season last year. Yeah. And, but this is what I'm thinking with Gavin Lux, because to your point about Justin Turner, they do have Edwin Rios mm -hmm. available at third base. And we both like him. He has a ton of power potential. He's got a great left-handed swing. He kind of reminds me a little bit of a Eugenio Suarez in a way. I just yeah. think if you give him 500 plate appearances, he's going to hit you a bunch of home runs. Is he the defender? Yeah. Probably not. But is Justin Turner at the ripe old age of 58? I mean, I'm not calling him 58 as like a mean thing because he's still one of the premier hitters in baseball, but just not that great of a defender. So you're not losing that much of value if you put in Edwin Rios instead of Justin Turner. But to get back to the Gavin Lux point, I think that they're going to look for a trade. If he has a good first half, I think that's when you then sell high on Gavin Lux and try and maybe bring in a starting pitcher because we're going to talk about the starting rotation, how it's kind of barren right now. But that's kind of my idea with Gavin Lux. I don't think you can trade him right now. So I think they either just keep him and ride out the Gavin Lux train. He can play a bunch of different positions. We even saw him in the outfield a little bit. Just keep him. And if he has a great first half, then you can look to trade him at peak value right now. I don't think you're going to get much for him. Do you, I don't know. What do you think? No, you know, I, I, I look at it and I'm, I still think a team would be very interested in him as a, as a main piece, right? He just turned 24 a month ago. 
Uh, so, you know, he's still extremely young control until 2027. And there is a value to the fact that in 2021, he played 59 games at short, 27 games at second, 11 games at left, six games in center, one game at third and one game in right. Uh, and you factor in that he's a left-handed bat with, with good speed. And I, I'm, I'm still looking at him. I'm still valuing him as a really, as a top 100 level prospect, right? Like you're still valuing him as that kind of guy, I think, or at least very close to it. So I still think he can be a main part in a deal. I love the idea of trying to prop him up a little bit more, but how do you do so, right? Like, where is he getting the ABs? Is he playing once a week? Is that enough to, to boost up his value? And that's why I'm wondering if you consider trading him before the season even starts, just because unless you know that you can get him ABs, right? Like if Justin Turner goes down with an injury or whatever it may be uh, in spring training, I know his hamstring was bothering him last year, then maybe you can get him a little bit of run out there and try to prop him up. But I would be looking to potentially deal him. I think especially after right getting now. Trey Turner, I, I would on the other side of the, at least, at least to look at I don't it. think it's, you don't think it's too low a value right now. I, it, for example, and I'll compare it to another player who's not really because Glaber Torres for the Yankees had an, had an incredible 2019, but if we're moving forward, if they were to trade Glaber right now, I feel like you're trading him at the lowest value you could possibly get for Glaber Torres. That's what I feel like is similar for Gavin Lux, that they won't get the value that they actually deserve for Gavin Lux, like we both agree, but they'll just point to the offensive stats and they'll be like, who are we getting? No. And that, that's why I'm saying if he could have a really good first half and guys stay healthy, then you capitalize on that because then you say, all right, this is the Gavin Lux that you're trading for. This is the guy that we believed in. That uh, was kind of my feeling on him. I don't disagree with that at all. And, and another important point here is that we might have the DH, right? And if we have the DH, that changes a lot. Because a lot. Because Justin Turner, I would want in the DH spot Every immediately. Day. immediately Every right? And then Gavin Lux can can probably play second, and you could put Chris Taylor at third. I honestly haven't seen enough of those two. A Dodger fan could probably attest better to that. I haven't seen enough of both of those guys playing all over the infield. I know that Lux had some throwing issues in 2020. I, I would probably prefer Lux at second base, and I think just the, the offensive profile fits more there. And, and Taylor can play third, no, probably. He can play everywhere. I think he He's catch. awesome. He could catch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I would – that's the one thing. If we have the DH, then I think that changes things a little bit. And not to mention, yeah, Turner's Turner in the playoffs, but that hamstring injury really bothered him down the stretch, and, and he was not great in the second half. 142 WRC plus in the first half, 105 in the second half. So 37 mm. years old seems like the duration of a season wore on him last year. Yeah. And I, why wouldn't it happen again now that he's a year older? That's the thing. And Edwin Rios, I like him as a bench bat. We both do. But there, I, I would rely on Gavin Lux every day a lot more than I would Rios, I think, just because of all I the different too. things he brings to the table and the versatility. I like Rios as that like backup for Muncie, sick bat off the bench, can spot start, can take the DH spot, can play third in a, in a pinch as well. But I think that's an important contingency. So I guess if you have the DH, yeah, you you wait and, and you see what's up with Lux. But when we get into the prospects and stuff, I would rather trade Lux than trade like a Miguel Vargas and some of the other guys that we'll Crazy. get into. Um, so that's that's the tough thing here. But is Vargas big league ready? It's like you're doing this crazy dance in your own mind. And this is something the Dodgers, I'm sure, are, are, are thinking about. But I think Vargas is just, you know, safe of an offensive prospect as you're going to find. Uh, and we talked about that in the Dodgers prospects episode, but power walks and doesn't swing and miss a lot. I mean, I, you don't really need much more. And we're going to talk about some of these prospects when we move on to some potential trades that we think that the Dodgers could go with. But dude, the more I just think about this, the more I think about the infield and how there's some question marks within there with Muncie's potential injury we think he's going to be ready again for opening day according to reports but you know you never know we they aren't so absolutely we, sold on that we don't have a lot of experience of of power hitters coming back from tommy john so we don't. i'm sure we'll be fine ultimately but it, there might be some time you know what is making me throw up and i think it'd make all of mlb fans throw up especially braves fans oh freddie freeman God. might sign with the dodgers i mean dude i mean do, freddie freeman might sign with the los angeles dodgers you know They've been the that. team that's been connected with Freddie Freeman the most outside of the Braves. Think about it. They need help on the infield regardless. Then you could possibly move Muncie over to second base. You could kind of use Muncie in, in more, in more smarter way. I, I'm scared because, and I'm not, <laughs> we're playing GM right now, but it's like the Dodgers are a 
team that just gets every single superstar. They're the new 1990s, early 2000s New York Yankees. They might just go ahead and get Freddie Freeman and be like, all right, we have some question marks. Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're the Braves, are you really going to let that happen? Like, geez. dude, why didn't they sign him before the lockout? What were you waiting for? There's obviously some hesitancy from oh. GM of the Braves, Alex Anthopoulos. There has to be. 100%. And what if the Dodgers? They're licking their chops because not only are you, are you adding a guy like Freddie Freeman, you're taking him away from the defending champs. The, the team that, the that, team that holds, beat you. That beat you. You're taking away, arguably, you know, obviously Acuna is their best player, but he wasn't there this year. So you're taking away their best player and you're adding him to your team. It's almost like double, you know, it's like net two superstars. That to me is, is you can't let that happen. You got to find a way you got to legitimately rent out the stadium if you have to and save up money and find a way, because that's, that's inexcusable. I think to let him go to the Dodgers, but there's a legitimacy to that. Under the assumption, because that's an easy, we could say, sign Freddie Freeman, call it a day. Under the assumption that they don't do that, you know, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, they love defensive versatility. And I think that's why we'll probably see them go into the season with Lux, which is the challenge. Because it's like, do you really want to trade away from some of these prospects? I think they could put together a package that they need to put together without trading away Vargas or Lux. Uh, but yeah, you, the more you talk about the questions with, you know, Justin Turner, the questions with even Max Muncy's health, the more you probably need a guy like Gavin Lux in the fold, uh, because yeah. I, I think you, you got to have that, that super utility type, which I think has a negative connotation, but Chris Taylor was a super utility guy and he, he's laughing to the bank with 70 plus million dollars. So, you know, I think that's, there's a different perspective of what that role is. And I think this Dodgers team has too many questions and you need that Swiss army knife that can answer a lot of different questions, which is Gavin Lux. So I think for now they're going to have to hold on to him, but if it weren't for that, I, I I would probably lean towards trading him. But I think because of the injuries, you, you got to hold on to him. I agree. I think we're both in the same boat that you got to hold on to him right now. Um, but what what would it take to get La- Gavin Lux off the team, if that makes sense? Like, if you are the Dodgers and you are trading for Gavin Lux, what's the one position that you feel that they have to then trade if they're going to trade Gavin Lux? Like to go get to go get like what pitcher. position do you have? Yeah, pitcher. Pitcher. It's gotta Absolutely. be pitcher. Absolutely. So let's talk about the starting rotation because right now you're headlined by two. Unbel- well, first of all, before we get into starting pitching catcher, Will Smith, I think he's the best catcher in baseball. I'm yeah. on record. I think he's the best catcher in baseball. The bat don't even need to talk about it. It's elite and it is the best bat in baseball. I know Yasmani Grandal's walk rate is incredible, and he had a crazy WRC plus, but he played 93 games. He's going to his age 33 season. Give me the young Will Smith on the rise. Absolutely. And, I mean, if, if the biggest hole in your game is a part of baseball that is becoming more antiquated, which is stolen bases, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest hole in Will Smith's game is his ability to stop the run game. And stolen bases in general are, are on a rapid decline. So if that's your biggest weakness, like fine, fine. Fine. I'd like to see that get better. And obviously I'm sure he's working on it, but if that's your biggest weakness, that's fine. And I think he's gotten a lot better receiving framing all of those other good things. It's really just the, the run game. And again, like that's, if that's the issue, that's the issue. So they're set there. And that's the, that's the important thing. You're set at a lot of the most important positions. I think, yeah, you got to look at the starting pitching, right? I mean, we both agree Trevor Bauer is not going to be in the fold, right? So that guy's out of the picture. Dustin May, you just, you hope he comes back earlier next year at some point by, by the all-star breaker sooner, but you can't count on that guy to just be able to plug into your rotation. So you've got some unknown Andrew Heaney. A lot of people are planning on a bounce back for him, but can you really guarantee that? I know you're going to have a different view and say, definitely not. Uh, but no, you know, no, I'm not going to say that because there is there's obvious metrics that say that Andrew Heaney is better than a, what a lot of people give him credit for. There's like this weird like his fastball spin is like really good. Some of his pitches have just like good metrics um, and like his FIP is always a little bit better than his ERA. There is reasons to believe that a team like the Dodgers can go in and help Andrew Heaney become a three or a four starter. But I'm just telling you that as a Yankee fan, I watched this dude give up a home run every single at bat. 
And I'm just like, I don't know how they're going to do it, I guess, is, is my opinion. Not to saying they can't. I'm just interested to see if they actually can. Yeah, it's a good challenge, right? I mean, they see yeah. something. They see something. And, and I, I get it. I and I think like if that guy's your five or whatever, like fine, that's fine. But the, there is definitely an importance here as to how they're going to build out the rest of the roster in terms of pitching. Because, yeah, they, they address the bullpen a little bit. But most of their pitching prospects, I like them. I like a lot of them but I don't like them in, in the respect of being able to help them significantly next year. So I think that's why you're the Dodgers. You're going for it all. You're, every year you're looking at a world series. That's what you want. And you want yeah. nothing shy of that. And at this rotation right now, Peter, I mean, Walker Bueller is an ace. Julio ace. Urias is, is a budding ace or at least a really ace. good number two. Exactly. I think he's so an front, ace. On the front line, your one, two punch is as good as any in baseball outside of, you know, like DeGrom Scherzer and a few others, you know, that we could go on and name, but Garrett Cole, Sevy. Yes, of course. And you mean, Ken Waldichuk. Okay. <laughs> um, but Tony Gonsolin really good when he's on the field, but really eh, struggling. Really good. I think he's a really solid rotation arm. I think he's, I think he's good, but also struggle to stay healthy. David price. Come on. You're not counting on that guy. So you got probably, I would say really only two locked in rotation spots. Cause we're talking, we're holding them to a different standard here. Obviously Mm -hmm. you got to go get an arm and you're going to have to give up a a decent amount to go get an impact arm. And you go through free is right there. He's right there. And they offered it or no, they didn't even offer him a qualifying offer. Yeah. Which scares me. Cause it's like, okay, me. they were afraid that he was going to accept the qualifying offer. Yep. And it's Dude. like, we don't want you for 18. Okay. So the so I Angels signed Noah Syndergaard to a tw- one year, $20 million deal, 21 million. And yep. you won't give your guy Clayton Kershaw 18. And Andrew. I respect the hell out of you, but what are you doing? They see something, man. And they might be that. The thing that scares me is that might mean that the injuries are worse than, you know, maybe some on the outside may think, because like I said, last year, 22 starts, bro, a 10.65 K per nine. That was his best figure since 2015 when I believe he won the Cy Young that year. So, I mean, like this, this was somebody that figured it out. He adjusted a little bit. He, he was using his arsenal differently and was great, was great last year right. when he was healthy. So that's the puzzling part. Like, how are you not giving that guy a qualifying offer, especially because you would get that, that pick and we know what they do with picks. Forearm is a scary injury that usually indicates potential elbow issues. So that's obviously scary. I'm really interested to see what happens long-term. I hope that he's healthy and he's able to pitch and I hope he goes to the Rangers or something if he goes elsewhere. But if they're not offering him money, that tells me at least they're probably looking elsewhere, but would you rather go get Rodon who has his own injury concerns? Exactly. And at least when Kershaw's Vigo is down, he's shown that he can pitch still, right? Like he's a pitcher Rodon. He's blowing it by guys. That's why he put it together. If his Vigo is down, he's not the same guy. I agree. And, and he has his injury issues. So if you if you let Clayton go to get Rodon, to me, that's that's mindless. I don't know if it's mindless because maybe they just think that Rodon's injuries aren't as prevalent as maybe Kershaw's are. Maybe they think that they can keep Rodon healthy under the right management. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know if that's if that's a good enough reason to sign Rodon over Kershaw. My thing is, I just I, unless there's an injury thing. Unless you see something terrible in his medicals, which I I don't think they do, but I think it might be telling that they haven't signed him yet and that they didn't offer the qualifying. Do you think they think that Kershaw's completely on his way out? Because then I don't know why you don't re-sign him to a qualifying. I think so. Like, I think they really think that there's going to be a big time decline. I think they think there's going to be a big time decline because why else – would they not tender him an offer? Right. And, and, and I think that they gave Andrew me, Heaney, 8 million. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
right? And, and money is not normally a huge issue for them. So obviously, you don't have to. We don't have to talk about luxury tax because currently their payroll is at two hundred fifteen million. The luxury tax is like one hundred eighty million or something. They don't care. They'll they go. Don't care. So we can spend all the money that we want. Yeah, but clearly Kershaw wasn't worth it for them. So what I do get though is they want probably some more. I guess. Sure, I, I guess sureness, for lack of a better word, in terms of being able to be on the field, uh, because again, Gonsolin comes with some injury concern. Uh, Heaney is is unknown, and Price shouldn't even be considered in the rotation, in my opinion. So I, I'm going to make a trade, I think, because again, Rodon has the the injury issues. Like who who would you sign at this point then in free agency? I think you got to make a trade, right? You could go with you say Kikuchi, and these are just some guys we've been talking about on every single pod because. Um, of our starting pitcher rankings, 13 of the 15 are signed. Yeah. And then on the outside, you have Kershaw, Rodon, and Kikuchi. And after that, well, we, we do have another guy. I mean, would they would they want to do a Zach Grinky reunion? I mean, the dude eats innings. I think it's possible. We talked about it before. That's the one I actually kind of like, man. Like, he, yeah. he's got the familiarity there, and you know that's important to a guy like Grinky who, you know, likes to be comfortable in that environment. He had so much success there. It's a stadium that he was fantastic in. And you know what? Yes. Does he, does he not have much in the tank left? Obviously not. But the interesting thing is that he was fantastic in his final start of the season in the postseason. It was. And it was. I really think this dude could, could give you 160, 170 innings with a, with a low four ZRA and just anchor the back of your rotation. Is that, is that somebody that's a star? No, but I think he can hold it down until Better you get Gonsolin. some of your, Yep. Better than Tony Gonsolin, in my opinion. And then you can wait and make the trade if you really need one at the middle of the season. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think Gonsolin can be better. I think I, I really think Gonsolin could could be good. But he's just an eye test guy for me. I just like I don't think he's got anything really in the tank that makes me think, oh, he could be a three. I just think he's a back end guy, maybe a bullpen guy, especially in a Dodgers rotation where you are a perennial World Series team. Like, do you want Tony Gonsolin towing the rubber in game four? No. No, not, not, not really. No, no, not at all. But not at all. <laughs> not at all. But, you know, I look at him as, as that. guy, if that's your four or five, yeah, you're in good shape. But that thing was like multiple guys are like, if that's your four or five, you're okay. And we got like three guys like that. So it's like, no, you're not okay. I, I would be interested in the idea of Kikuchi because I, I could see them unlocking something with him. It seems like too. he's always on the precipice and then just kind of doesn't quite get there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I would really want to see a trade. That's why I'm cool with a one-year deal to Granky, and mm-hmm. then go into the year, see how things are going. And if the rotation's holding it down, you know, if Gonsolin's pitching well, if Heaney's pitching well, then you stand pat. But if you need to make a move, you have the assets to go make a move immediately, and you could go do that. That's the thing is, like, do you go into the season with this rotation? I think they could survive doing that if they have to. Uh, but – you could also just go answer the rotation and make a couple trades. You're the Los Angeles Dodgers. What's stopping you from having Walker Bueller as the one, Julio Arias as the two, Clayton Kershaw as the three, Zach Grinke as the four, and Tony Gonsolin as the five? And then you wait for Dustin May to come right back in. He'll take the three of the four. What are we expecting Kershaw to be worse than what a four starter would give you in 2022? I will not accept that. The only thing would be the injury, but it's like, you just give Kershaw what he's due because he's a Dodgers hall of famer. He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time at 33 years old. Stop. Give him the one year. What are you doing? You're the Dodgers. You burn money for fun. Give him the money. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's it's quite baffling, honestly. So you know, and I think it's fair to assume they're not going to do it. So like I we know. gotta we gotta it's assume so they're ridiculous. not. Ridiculous! <laughs> it's nuts. Um, but you know, I think people really sleep on how solid Granky was last year. The guy made thirty starts. I mean, he doesn't strike anybody out, but I don't really right. care. He yeah, pitched whatever. to a four one six ERA. Expected ERA wasn't that much higher. It was at four three nine. Expected FIP at four two one. If he gives you that, like you're you're fine. Like you're happy with that. And I think for them, it's really just eating innings and surviving if in the worst case until you get your reinforcements back. I still would like to see a controllable piece for them though, because I look at some of their top prospects and when we're looking at the, the top guys, which, you know, we talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah. I just don't know if they're quite ready to contribute at the big league level, right? Like Bobby Miller is probably the closest 
And he still only threw 56 innings between high A and double A. I don't think you can really count on Miller next year, but there's a chance. There's a chance we could see Miller get the bump. That's the one guy that I think can help them outside of that. You know, I think Pepio is just not quite there yet. Uh, too much, too much, you know, question in the command department. Clayton Beater looks like a potential reliever. I think at this point, Landon Knack is somebody that could ultimately break in, uh, has great command. Uh, but again, not a guy that I'm really counting on to miss big league bats. Like, are you really rolling the dice with a prospect? I want to go out and get Frankie Montes. If I'm, if I'm, let's the get into the trades. Let's get into the trades. All right. Because if you're the Dodgers, you have prospect capital. You have major league guys also that are expendable, like we've talked about. First trade, you're going after Frankie Montas of the Oakland A's, who not only is a good pitcher in his own right, but he's a phenomenal MLB The Show pitcher. He's got dirty stuff. Oh, his stuff, his stuff is crazy, man. And, and that's crazy. a guy that like put it together recently, you know, like with the split finger, with, with the fastball, with just a heavy, heavy bowling ball fastball. Good. I, I could see the Dodgers just continuing to help him unlock it because we were talking about him in, in regards to, is he going to get any better? And I was like, I think he's a little maxed out, but if there's a franchise that could unlock a little bit more, or at least help him continue what he's doing. That's, that's a franchise there that can do it. He comes with some control because you could look at the Chris Bassett's of the world. Like, you know, we, we look at Oakland as a team for a lot of different organizations to be able to trade from, but the Dodgers are one of the few teams that could really get any of those pitchers. I usually yeah. have to say Bassett because he comes with no control and you could go get him uh, for relatively cheap. Montes is probably the most expensive pitcher on that roster in terms of trade capital, because Sean Manaya also only has one year of command or control, excuse me. So I'm going to get Montes. And, you know, I, I think you, you have to, for like what we said, you got to hold on to Gavin Lux, but you could probably trade away from one of those pitching prospects that we mentioned. I wouldn't trade Bobby Miller. That guy's untouchable in my opinion. Yeah. Give me a name. Give me a name. Yeah. So I would, I would personally look to, to potentially trade either one of Clayton Beater, Landon Knack and Ryan Pepiot. And then I would probably package in Michael Bush and then right. one or two other guys that are kind of towards that back end. You could also trade Andre Jackson. I think Andre Jackson's a player that Oakland would be interested in because he's big league ready now, uh, but still needs some, some work and development. I would do that. I mean, the Dodgers went first round. They went with a left-handed pitching prospect and Maddox Bruns out of high school, big time upside. Like they're, they're reinforcing the pitching. They always do. I would go trade from one of those trio of arms that they hit on in 2020 outside of Bobby Miller and then package in, you know, either Andre Jackson or Michael Bush. I'd probably trade Bush as he's limited defensively and is kind of, you know, I, I would say like a, a poor man's Max Muncy to a degree. But That's Bush's bat is pretty nice, though. It's nice. It is really nice. But are you trading Andy Andy Pages? Are you trading Miguel Vargas? No. no. Um, and I think Bush is expendable. Yeah. I think that that's a guy that Oakland would love. He gets on base a ton. I know Billy Bean's yeah. not there anymore, but he's just like that classic, like high on base percentage, high floor guy that can hit for power that I really could see, you know, being a good piece for them. And then you go get a couple other really solid pitching prospects in that deal. I think that could get it done for, for Frankie Montes. And this Dodger system's still fantastic after that. Like they're still great. Do you think if you did Clayton Beater, you did Michael Bush and you did Andre Jackson for Frankie Montas. Is that too much? I, I think it's almost, it might be borderline too much. Like I think you could, borderline you could get too much. like a prospect back or get a bullpen arm or get something else in there and do it. I think it's close enough though, where you just get them to throw something in too. So let's finalize the deal right now. We have Clayton beater, Michael Bush. And who do you think is a good filler? Yeah. I wouldn't even go anyone in particular. I wouldn't even go Jackson. I'd go like. Hyun Il Choi. Hyun Il Choi. I know, I know Jack loves Hyun Il Choi because he actually won pitcher pitching prospect of the year for the Dodgers. He's a high four guy, throws strikes, but like, yeah, that's, that's somebody that projects as a back end of the rotation guy at best. That's probably who I'm throwing in. Yeah. Hyun Il Choi. Do you have any other trades that you were looking at? Um, that was the one that stood out. Pitcher. That yeah. was the one that stood out the most to me, you know, because I'm the, looking, there's the not that many other the guys don't need to do that much. Like just no. get one of these good starting pitchers. So I like that deal. And then if you, if you make a trade for Frankie Montas and you sign Freddie Freeman, I mean, the league's over again, over, absolutely over. over. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like how many teams are willing to trade with the Dodgers, but I think we saw with the nationals, like teams, even on the, in the same league, Usually you, you think like a big deal like that. They're going to go American league or whatever. 
the Dodgers are able to offer such strong prospect capital that teams like the Nationals are like, ah, you know, screw it. We're going to have to trade. We're going to have to trade them to the Dodgers. Just make the Dodgers great. Like that's, that's just where it's at here. And uh, that's why I wouldn't totally rule out even like, what, what if they, what if they went crazy, man? And they went and got Tyler Glass now. They so could. Like, uh, this is where I really wanted to like up it a little bit, right? Like we know glass. Now we've heard plenty of rumors on glass. Now I know that the rays are listening. The Dodgers Mm -hmm. and the rays have, you know, I think they're, they're very different, but they're similar in terms of their ability to identify and develop talent. Freeman came over from Tampa. Exactly. The, I don't know what, what these teams would, would do or wouldn't do with each other, but I think that they both are arrogant enough that they think they could fleece the other. And I bet you oh, yeah. That's a, a, blockbuster, a blockbuster deal here, right? Where you get glass now and, but bro, I mean, you're, you're giving up the crib, right? Like at that point, the only thing is glass. I was not going to pitch next year. So it's not like crazy, crazy that you have to give up. If he was pitching next year, there goes Gavin Lux. There goes the farm, but because he's coming back from Tommy John and is he going to pitch it? All next That's the year. Thing. It's like so now. Now you're not really helping yourself in terms of now you're waiting on another dude to come back from Tommy John, right? Like that's that's another frustrating thing. I got one more for you. What about Pablo Lopez? The only reason what I'm saying Pablo that Lopez? the only reason I'm saying that is not because of the Marlins tie-in. It's because the Marlins and the Dodgers do have a direct line of communication. They are Absolutely. always tied into each other. The Dodgers were the team calling on Garrett Cooper. Uh, I've talked to like Craig Mish and Craig Mish always says that they have a good line of communication. Um, that's something that I could see. I, I don't know what, you know, certain trades where you're like, I could just see that happening. I know it's oh, probably yeah. not, but that's one that I could just be like, that makes sense. Lopez, I don't see that as something that probably won't happen. I could totally see that. The, the Marlins have an incredible amount of young starting pitching. So they could really trade Pablo Lopez for some young, good hitting prospects like the Dodgers have. So yeah. if you're Kim Nang with the Marlins, the GM, who do you need back for Pablo Lopez? You know, it's funny. I love how you just laugh. <laughs> Gavin Lux. What if they did that? Just, you know, if Gavin Lux goes to the Marlins, he's going to suck. Oh, he's going to blow. <laughs> he's going to blow. That's, that's the issue. I would, I would ask for Miguel Vargas. And that could be like a straight up deal, you know, like that could mm. legit be a straight up deal. I, I would, I would highly consider that. Maybe you need a little bit more since Pablo is controllable. Would do that. I think they would. I think they would just because they're able to hold on to locks. They still have a ton, you know, in that system, but I, I will say they don't have that many infield guys. So I'm looking at it. The Marlins don't need outfielders. They want infield guys. I think a Gavin Lux for Pablo type of swap, you know, maybe add one or two, you know, lower level prospects. I think it's interesting because Lux can play all over. The Marlins need an answer at third. Lux could be the answer at third long-term. That's why I say Vargas, just because Mm -hmm. that's the guy I would specifically target. I think for the Dodgers, you're getting a guy that plugs right into the middle of your rotation uh, in Pablo Lopez. I would trade Vargas for him. And Honestly, if I'm the Marlins, I'm jumping on the opportunity to get Vargas because that could be the third baseman of your future. That's one I don't mind too much either. Pablo has two years of control, right? I believe so. Let me pull that up right now. (laughs) Because I'm thinking about it. Vargas, huh? The only problem is the Dodgers, I mean, we'll see how Edwin Rios ends up. They have Justin Turner's aging. I, Vargas might be untradeable at this point. I, I'm looking just at, because like he will be our starting third baseman once Turner is out. Like that's our guy. That's that's the I, only that's thing. The where challenge. You might just have to pick another one of their top. Like like what about Andy? Three years of control, including next year. Three years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of control. That's a that's lot, a of, lot control for, of control for a really good young starting pitcher who's emerging. He's a good starter Pablo Lopez is. So what about Andy? I, you know, it's funny. I, I look at the Dodgers and something that the Dodgers do often. And I think would work really well with the Marlins here is like a three team trade because the Marlins could yeah, Andy pages is someone I would trade in two seconds. If I'm the dog, I love pages, but that's mm-hmm. a guy that I'm okay with dealing, you know, just because of, of their system and, and everything they have out there with the outfield and at the big league level already too. 
Yeah, but you said the Marlins don't need outfielders. No, so that's where the third team comes in. So you do a three-team trade, and, and you get another team in there that can get the Marlins the infield prospect or infield big league infielder they need, and Pages goes to another team because just about every team in baseball would want an Andy Pages in two seconds. That's what I think we could see happening. We saw the Dodgers do it in the Mookie Betts deal. It's a way to kind of get things done. I could see a three-team trade, but ultimately the nutshell is that the Dodgers part with Pages and they get Pablo. I think that that would make a ton of sense for them. I agree. I like it a lot. Okay. All right. So let's say they don't get Kershaw. So if you're the Dodgers, are you preferring to trade for Frankie Montas? Are you preferring to trade for Pablo Lopez? Because more than likely both won't happen. There's just two different ideas that they could go either way. More often than not, they're not going to trade for both of them. So if you're the Dodgers, who would you rather have? Pablo Lopez or Frankie Montes? That's a great... That's a great question. A great I think we question. should pull that. We should pull that. When we put we the episode pull out, I'll, I'll pull it on our Twitter and, and go to our Twitter at Just BB Media and vote on that. Because Montes has two years of control. Yep. But and, and actually Lopez is younger, which is which is funny. Because he's one, one of those things that it just seems like Lopez would be older. He's not. You'd think Paul Lopez would be 30, but he's 26. Yeah, he's like extremely young. Another year of control, but Pablo does have some some injury history. I wouldn't say it's extensive enough to where you're like really, really worried about it, but it is there. It is there. It's enough to think about it. So I, I think he's, I, I couldn't even answer that. Right. I love Pablo. I'm a little biased, uh, but I think Pablo is the safer option. Montes could be a guy that, you know, they unlock a little bit more and he's he's a freak show and he yeah, ends up I, being the number two. I think the ceiling for Montes is is too scrumdiddlyumptious. Yes. To. To go, I, I, I'm going. I'm going. Frankie Montas. I'd rather have him than Pablo Lopez. But then again, that's not a disservice to Pablo Lopez. No. It's just credit to Frankie Montas because I believe the world out of this guy. I think he could potentially be a two in a rotation. I think he's got just bravado. He's just got a thump, and he's not. He's also not a guy who I think shies away from a moment. He's not a guy that's that's you know overextending himself. He's not a high effort guy. Frankie Montas is a guy who just climbs onto the mound and just kind of throws pellets there and it's not high effort. I don't think he's a guy who's going to struggle uh, with injuries like a guy like Pablo Lopez has in the past. Give me Frankie Montas. But again, I'm a big fan of Pablo Lopez. I take them both. I, I think both of those are really good options. And the Dodgers are the type of team that could pry a Lopez away from the Marlins easily could get a Montas away from Oakland. Uh, if the price, if the price, like if they're able to, to, you know, hold on to a lot of what they got of their main dudes. I think either of those deals are our money. And what I like about both of those guys is that they still both have, I wouldn't say Pablo has the upside that Montes has in terms of like, cause Montes, yes, he's 28, but his pitching age is much younger, right? Like mm-hmm. he, he, this was his first year throwing over 187 innings yep. or over hundred innings, excuse me, through 187. Like his pitching age is younger and he's going to continue developing. And just like we saw Chris Bassett in Oakland turn into the best version of himself at 32, like Montes has three years to get to that point. He's, he's still 28. So really, really, I look at him and I'm like, he could easily keep getting better. And I look at Pablo though. And I think he could get a little bit better too, though. I, I do think that he has some upside to be like a high end three versus more of like a middle end three right now. Like there's yes, definitely sir. a little bit more in there. He's 25. Uh, but yeah, I'm like 25, not 26. I think he's 26 now, actually. I, he's he's right there. Um, I thought I checked this morning. I thought he was 26. I think he just I, turned 26. But okay. yeah, no, I think Regardless. you are right. You know more about the Marlins than me. <laughs> uh, I think I, I legitimately think everybody is 25 on this team. Because But now Pablo just turned 26 and Sandy just turned 26, which is nuts. Um, Sandy's so good. Sandy's I like so good. I like I, that deal. Is there anybody like I'm thinking like who else? There's not that many teams that are willing to trade pitching. Like you got to yeah. go look at a team you that could go is to the Reds less. and you could say Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo. Maybe um, I wonder if the, if the guardians would trade away any of their young starters, Sonny Gray. I would love Sonny Gray on that. Yeah. Team. I would love Sonny Gray on the Dodgers too, but we saw what Sonny Gray did for a big market team. And we saw that backfired. I'm not saying the Yankees and the Dodgers are similar, but is no, there something no, where he goes to a fair. big market and, and, and doesn't provide the value? Cause we saw him go to Cincinnati even in great American ballpark still perform pretty well because I mean, I don't know. That's unfair to say that the pressure is what separates Sonny Gray from being from great to mediocre, I think it's a but fair it's, that's just what we have. That's what I we have it, to go off of so far. I, I think it's a fair question. I think it's a more than a fair question, but you know, maybe he worked through it and, and that's something that I think they'd have to figure out, but I still, I like the idea of gray. He's cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. Two more years of control, I believe. 
Castillo, you'd have to give up a lot. A lot. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd like the, the price on Castillo when you could go get a Montes, who's kind of similar. I've been kind of similar, honestly. Um, you know, not as much of the track record, but, but pretty similar. And when we talk about track record, last year was a roller coaster for Luis Castillo anyways. Yeah, I, I would probably prioritize Montes and, and Lopez. I would take a look at Sonny. Uh, but I, I would take all of those over anybody on the free agent market, I think, right? I would too. I mean, you have Rodon and you have Kikuchi. I would take Montes over both of them. So let's say we add Montes to that equation. Now you got Walker Bueller, Julio Urias. Then you you throw Montes in there. You got That's Heaney. Good three. You, yeah, it's fantastic. And then you got Heaney and Gonsolin in the back end, which is fine until you get Dustin May back. No, but we signed Grinky for. Them. Okay, so we did sign Grinky. We signed Grinky. Okay, I'm yeah, cool with we that. We signed Grinky because you know now what? The this trade. This trade. Now the question is: Andrew Heaney or Tony Gonsolin? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, gotta I, give Heaney the shot. You got to give Heaney the shot, I guess, right? Yes. Uh, but even if we don't sign Granky in this instance, I, I we're going to sign him. But just in the hypothetical that we don't. Okay. Bueller, Arias, Montes, Heaney, Gonsolin is fine. It's fine until you get back. And then Dustin you get May, back May. Totally fine. That's really fine. And then Bobby Miller might be ready by the end of the year or, or, or by the all-star break. I don't want to speak for you, but I think we solved it. Yeah. I think we did it. You might not even need to get Granky at that point if 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 you believe in Bobby Miller. Uh, well, you can still believe in Bobby Miller, but still sign Granky to a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal. They don't care about money. Yeah, it's true, and he can go into the being a long reliever and a spot starter. After yeah, that. it doesn't matter. You can just throw him in the bullpen. He'll throw a fifty-eight mile an hour Ephus. He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, it's an eighty-four. I think he doesn't. Yeah, doesn't no, he's matter. a good inning eater, spot starter guy. I, I'm, and he probably loved to end his career with the Dodgers in L.A. I agree. You can't have too much pitching. I would. I would do that. I would do that in two seconds. So I think, I think we got that. And then we should probably, before we end it too, like rehash the offensive side. Right. So. Well, something we haven't talked about the bullpen. And oh, yeah. I think for a good reason, this bullpen is electric. Dude. Yeah. It's kind of, I dumb. know they're going to lose Kenley Jansen. They're going to lose Joe Kelly, but Blake Trinan might be the best reliever in baseball outside of Josh Hader. This guy has one of the most unhittable pitches in the history of baseball. It's like, so funny hearing Jeff so talk crazy. about it. Talk, he listening to Jeff Conine talk about it, you know, because he's just like, he was just, we recorded right after one of the, one of the do- early playoff games with the Dodgers. And he's just like, what the hell is that? He's like, I never had to look, like, I never had to see that shit. And, he's just like, and it's not like Jeff played 50 years ago. Like he, he played, he was part of the Mets team that collapsed in 07. Like he, he played pretty recently. And he's just like, that's, that's different. Like, that's just not even real. Like that's just ridiculous stuff. You got Gratterall. You yeah. We're talking Daniel about Hudson. turbo sinkers. They got another one of them. They yeah. have two turbos, two turbos, twin turbos. And twin then, turbos. and then they got Daniel Hudson. And, and Hudson, Hudson was pretty good last year. I mean, he struck out a ton of dudes. I think 13 like per nine. Vessia, Vessia, I think that's a guy that was, was good with the Marlins. Like he put up some ridiculous minor league numbers, struggled in a brief stint in the big leagues. And then the Dodgers just took him to the next level. I mean, that guy was coming in in huge spots, huge, huge. spots. They trust him. And he's only 25. So that's a guy that's only going to get better. Bickford was kind of nasty. I like Bickford. Yeah, Vessia is 25. They still have Bickford. Um, I'm seeing right now on the roster that they still have Danny Duffy, a.k.a. Emerging Ace, a.k.a. Galita California, stand up for your boy. Um, I, they added Canely. You could probably speak to that. Oh, that's something that I, I just forgot. They have Tommy Canely coming back. And for all those that don't really know much about Tommy Canely, he's a former Yankees reliever. He was on the shelf all of last year. And the Dodgers just picked him up for basically nothing. And now they have an elite reliever. Like Tommy Canely, when he's on, is elite. And now that they just have him thrown back there, they don't care. He'll replace Kenley Jansen if healthy. He is that good. And Brewster Gratterall is a ticking time bomb if he can put it together. right? Like he, he throws a bajillion miles an hour. How does he only strike out seven per nine? That's, well, I think it's, he throws one pitch basically. Yeah. And I think guys... I mean, it is a, it is a, it's not a fastball. I can't call it a fastball. 
it's like it's, your classic they they eliminate the upper part of the zone and they're all looking yeah. down but regardless i mean this, this is still a freak show that could put it together and he still was yeah. was a guy that ate some big innings so I, their bullpen's fine I, I and andre jackson i think could slide into there too and i really like his fastball changeup combination jackson could be electric back there too so they're I fine they the still shane green i think they still have shane green former closer i mean he's still a guy do they still have shane green I'm I think he's a, free agent. he's a free agent, free agent, free agent. Free Why agent. is he on this roster then? I don't know. I'm almost positive he's a, he's a free agent, but he could come back. And I uh, think the another area um, besides the bullpen, because I think I don't even think we're adding any bullpen pieces, even though there's about a million. I, I mean, yeah, sign Ryan Tapera. There you go. You're chasing. <laughs> yeah. Why not? They could. Want, I mean, they, but that's, they have money. Like, why not? Yeah, that's non-essential. Fun. Not, so the bullpen's straight. The The bench. I'm a little bit worried. This is a this is a team that in the World Series, Steven Souza was getting at bats. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like that's a disaster. That's a yeah. disaster. Um, yeah. like I know they've they've used guys like Zach McKinstry who was okay, but then he went down with an injury and then he came back and he was just not the same player. Could he bounce back potentially? Luke Rayleigh is a guy, you know. They just don't really have a ton on their bench to work with. I saw that they gave Andrew Velasquez, the uh, Bronx kid with the Yankees, that short sub. They're giving him a chance. Oh, nice. um, but I don't even know. If, I don't even know if he's going to make the team. Also, another um, guy that we forgot in the bullpen that actually put in innings that could potentially start for you. Jimmy Nelson is another guy. That I they think. Have. Yeah, he. I, I think he's a free he's agent. Too. All right. This roster. What am I looking at here? I don't know. What are you using? The athletic. The athletic. Well, yeah. They just got bought by the New York Times. They just got bought, so they're updating yeah. their things. So my yeah, apologies yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, they, everything's just started. But by the way, a name, bench bat to look out for, Ryan Noda. Ryan Noda absolutely mashes, and this is my, my Ty France effects guy. I got a Ty okay. France effects guy on, like, at least every other organization. And the Ty France effect, which is something that, like, I, I will – just talk about until the day I die is prospects who rake, but don't have any freakish tool so that we just overlook them and don't give them the credit they deserve as prospects. And then they rake at the big league level. And then we can't deny them anymore. Ty France, Ryan Noda. Oh, let me take you through his WRC plus every year. And this is why I wouldn't even go to go to get a bench bat. They could just churn out dudes like this. So 2017 in Toronto at rookie ball, 190 WRC plus in 66 games, which is stupid. Uh, 2018 in low A, 160 WRC plus and 124. Then 2019 high A, 138 WRC plus and 117 games. That was in three years with Toronto, comes over to the Dodgers. And in 2021 in double A, 139 WRC plus, he hit 29 jacks. Dude. And you've, you've never heard of this guy. No one on earth has heard of this guy. I was going to pretend maybe like, oh, yeah, don't no because no because you it would I would be shocked. I would actually think that you were on my laptop if you knew who no he idea. was, because nobody on earth knows who he was. And it supports my point. Forty five grade raw power by fan graphs. He has twenty nine home runs and he's hit like 80 home runs now in, in like 300 games in the minor leagues. That's a guy that's going to slide into the bench. I, I think they'll be able to take care of that. I guess it's just like, what is their best foot forward next year in terms of their lineup? Are you rolling out Justin Turner, Turner at third? Let's assume there's yeah. a DH. There's a DH. What are you doing? That's the thing. Let's and assume there's a why. DH. Let's assume he's the DH, huh? No, like let's assume there is a DH. Yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Let's assume Justin Turner is so a DH. That, that's or, or, I mean, we, we could still start Justin Turner at third base Edwin Rios as your DH or they sign Freddie Freeman and they put Max Muncy at, at DH for the time being, or they put Max uh, Muncy at second. You put Gavin Lux at DH, uh, maybe give Gavin Lux an opportunity to hit without wor- worrying about playing the field. Cause we know a little bit of a head case, like he can't throw the ball over to first base on occasion is Gavin Lux, maybe your DH. Then you go Trey Turner at shorts up and Justin, Tur- Justin Turner at third base. Dude, they might sign Freddie Freeman. Like we have to start wrapping our mind around that. Fuck. And as as baseball fans, we don't like it. But as the GM of the Dodgers, as oh, we are right now, we're out. doing it. Like we're doing freaking it right out. now, and because that's that's what the Dodgers do, and that's what they should do. And it's not that they're just getting another superstar to just plug in. Like they need an infielder right now, and first base. You can give Max Muncy some time to rest that elbow. Maybe play him at 
DH, dude, like if I'm Screw if that. I'm Andrew Freeman and if I'm doing this episode, I am signing Freddie Freeman. Screw that. Yeah. I, but yeah, everybody, like, yeah, obviously. Like, but yeah. No, but we didn't give Freddie Freeman to the Cardinals. We didn't give Freddie Freeman to the Twins. We didn't give Freddie Freeman to any of the GMs that we've done so far. It's just the Dodgers because they actually make sense for him. Dude. Yeah, it I does make it, sense. But I love it. It does make sense. But under the assumption that they don't do that, this would be my not, my starting nine here. Okay. You got Mookie Betts in right. You got Trey Turner at short. I'm going to actually put Chris Taylor at third. I would put Gavin Lux at second base. Justin okay. Turner in the DH spot, Muncie at first, Smith at catcher, Bellinger in center, and Pollock in left. I would be utilizing, and here's here's a big problem now that they have, is all of their bench bats are left-handed hitters. You got Matt Beatty, you've got Luke Raley, you've got Zach McKinstry. That's where I'm putting a huge focus on a Donovan Solano type that can mash left-handed pitching because that is a huge, that's pretty much the only reason, one of the main like reason why we haven't seen Gavin Wilkes have success. He's hit like sub 200 against lefties. I think he hit a buck 60 last year against lefties. So you need someone to offset that. Platoon. Platoon. You, need, you need to probably put two in That's what I'm doing. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to get a really good right-handed bench bat, like a Donovan Solano, who's probably a starter and platoon that. And platoon with Lux. And then if Lux is, you know, potentially a guy you could trade, then I'm looking to trade him ultimately. If Vargas looks like he's ready. That's my move. I love it. I love the Donovan Solano move. I think that's phenomenal. So if we're looking at this team, we're not really making any free agency signings. I think we signed Grinky. We signed him. One year, 15 million, whatever he wants. Just give it to him. Doesn't matter. Are we signing Kershaw? Like, no. No, I guess. Just because I know they're not, you know, like. Yeah, I don't think they are either. That sucks. Like, that really sucks. But it doesn't matter. Donovan, We're GMs. We and decided against. Suck it, Giants. Even though we didn't. Suck it, Giants. <laughs> Donovan Solano's ours. Bang. Dodger. So, <laughs> Donovan Solano, Zach Greinke. We traded for Frankie Montas or we traded for Pablo Lopez. We didn't touch the bullpen because it's elite. And we didn't t- really touch this outfield either because we think Bellinger is going to have a bounce back year. We think you're pretty fine across the board. You said you put Taylor third, put Taylor third. You still got AJ Pollock and you can, you can mix and match in that outfield. We don't, we're not doing anything to the catcher, but is there any other top prospects that, you know, we mentioned, and I want to talk about Diego Cartia because he's right there waiting after Will Smith. Do you think he's possibly expendable? I, I think, I think, he's pro- I think he's probably untouchable for them. You know, yeah. I, he's one of those guys that I really think they even with love, Smith, even with Smith, because he's like four, probably I'd say he's probably three years out. I think mean, I had him like, or at least that much. I, I thought it was I, closer. I had a 2024 ETA on him. So even uh, at the worst, right. like two full years. And then at that point, you know, Smith, Smith's bat so important. Maybe he's not catching all the time anymore. And at that point you're moving him. I still think that Smith could be the answer long-term at third. If Vargas ends up somewhere else like that, that's something that I'm interested in. I think Cartaya is too valuable as, as a catching prospect. I think that he's probably untouchable, especially if he continues to develop the way we think he can behind the dish, because you might want to lengthen Will Smith a bit more. And, and I think we might see him, you know, not as much behind the dish day in and day out. And also, I think we got to look at the last thing, too, is backup catcher. Austin Barnes was miserable last year. Like, they, they, yeah. they need probably a better backup catcher. Uh, but that's something that I think is pretty easy to address. I'm just looking because if you are interested in hearing more about the Dodgers' top prospects, well, you can go read about it on JustBaseball.com. But when, what episode number did we do Dodgers' top 10 prospects? Because it's in here somewhere. Off the we top so of my head, my now. guess is 117, but it's not. So, because I just looked as I was saying that <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, but let's. I think it was earlier than that. Did you guys do it before the season ended? No way. That would be outrageous. 113, episode 113. Oh, facts. There it is. Episode 113. Bang. Top 10 Dodgers prospects. If you want to know more about the farm system, you can either read about it on justbaseball.com or check out episode 113 of the Just Baseball Show. And I'd like to end it with the reason I'm wearing a leather jacket. I said at the beginning of the podcast that I'm on a heater. Bro, 
He's on a nine year. and one Saturday. We went four and one Sunday we went five and oh, and we're all over this national championship, which yeah, who we got? in about an hour and a half. I'm on Bama plus three. I took their alternate spread minus three plus one fifty. Love it. I mean, Corey books, you're going to give me plus for the best coach ever in Bama. Like, and the thing is, the smart up. bet, the sharps are all over Georgia. The public is all over Alabama. Normally I'm like, all right, I'm siding with that. I'm staying away from the public. I will never ever. And this is coming out after the national championship. I will never ever bet against Nick Saban as an underdog. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What the, I I don't care if he already made a joke of it last time. He was the under, he was just the underdog, right? Against Georgia. And he made a joke. Six and a half plus six and a half. They won by 20 or something. Now they're plus two and a half plus three on some sites. Disrespectful. Also listen to this bet over 52 and a half longest touchdown. That's going to happen. All right. I'm in. I'm excited. Lucas oil stadium plays fast. Plays fast. That's a thing. I read that this you gamblers are freaks. And I gamble, but that's like, it plays fast. (laughs) Like it's a putting green. These guys are going to have days. It's a putting (laughs) green. I love that. It's it's they're playing on an actual putting green. So go check that out on just baseball.com. You also have an article that you just dropped about some top prospects. Yes. Most impactful or prospects that can make a big league impact for every AL team. I'm working on the National League side of it now, but basically for every team who could break in and help them win ball games at the big league level. Some are big names you may know. Some are more underrated names you might not know. So I think it's a pretty fun, informative article, and I had fun writing it. Amazing. I read it as well. Um, I liked your uh, shout out to Hayden Wesneski on the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Got a fastball slider combination that can play in a bullpen right now. but. I think with the team, let's go over it one more time. We have AJ Pollock in left. We have Cody Bellinger in center. We have Mookie Betts in right. We have not Freddie Freeman. Not Freddie Freeman. Just just because it's, we have to challenge ourselves. I think they're going to side him. I don't. Like, I don't. I think about. It. But all right, we won't we won't put Freddie Freeman there. We'll put Max Muncy there. Then we're going to put Gavin Lux at second base. We're going to put Chris Taylor at third base, and we're going to put Trey Turner at shortstop. We're going to have Will Smith, a catcher. Then the rotation. We have Walker Bueller, Julio Arias, Frankie Montas, Zach Grinke, and Tony Gonsolin. Or no, and Andrew Heaney, I guess. Battle it out, boys. And then Dustin May is going to come back midseason, and the Dodgers are probably going to win the 2022 World Series unless the Giants, their rival, has something to say about it. So. That's all we got I'm for in. you. Uh, I'm in. I like it. I know Dodgers fans in the uh, mentions are going to be saying, how could you even displace Tony Gonsolin for Zach Granke? Let him battle it out. We'll see. Let him battle it out. We'll yeah. see. And with that, thank you, everybody.